0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning. I usually pick this thing up and it's right here, but I'm remembering I don't need it. So I'm going to put it out of the way. Okay, here we go. Um, For those of you who are new with us or visiting today, my name is Leah Redling, and um, I serve as the Director of Youth and Families (laughs) here at the Springs. And I'm watching some former youth members die laughing, and I'm just gonna tell you now, okay? They are, I'm guessing they're making bets, (laughs) okay? They are making bets on how, not on whether I will cry or not, but how long it's gonna take me. (laughs) And so we're gonna get a bunch of that stuff out of the way right up front. (laughs) For those of you who are joining us online, I know we have several um, at home who um, who are suffering or have been diagnosed with COVID or who have recently been exposed. We are grateful, for whatever reason that you are joining us online today that you're here, and um, we invite you to participate by using the chat either on Facebook or on our website. Also, if you are visiting with us here today, um, and even online, we have visitor cards you can fill out. We would really like to know who you are, how we could serve you, um, and ways that you might want to be involved in ministry at the Springs. I barely feel like I need to preach. Today, I feel like we've seen a sermon enacted already, and I'm bursting with pride. (laughs) I also have a couple of things people we need to acknowledge before we move forward. Um, You saw Grace Watson on the stage today leading worship for her last time before she goes to college. What a blessing she has been. We anticipate that she will be a blessing where she is headed. We are so proud of you. All right, we also have some very important people in the room. My very good friends and our um, missionaries from Belgium are here, the Brazels. Carol and Paul, would you just give us a wave? Let us know where you are. Please be sure to welcome them while they are here. I think they're here for a while and we're looking forward to spending time with them. Okay. Let's pray. Holy Father, we give you honor and praise for the ways in which you are working in our community and the beautiful demonstration of that today with the Werner family and Josh's baptism and the many other ways we have delighted in you this morning. I ask now that you would give me the gift of preaching. May I only be a conduit for your message at this time, in this place, and for these people. As we explore your word today, open our hearts so that we may listen and respond and be shaped more and more into the image of your son Jesus Christ through whom we pray, amen. So this is the last week of our guest series um, focused on spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines for our lives, but also for the life of our world. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, and months ago, when I agreed to preach on the Sabbath, um, that decision really was based more on timing than anything else, because I knew out of all the speakers we had, I was definitely going to need the, the longest to get ready. And... Uh, Summer is often filled, especially in youth ministry, with lots of activities and all kinds of things that uh, could be a distraction, but also things that we enjoy and love. I had no idea the challenges and disruptions that would be a part of my summer. And some have said, Leah, we know why you got Sabbath because you need one. And while I am indeed long overdue for rest after a summer full of unplanned disruptions and challenges, I don't wanna make the mistake of talking about Sabbath in terms of just taking a break or not working too much. To do so would minimize the richness and beauty of the idea of ordering our work and rest in ways that imitate our Creator, honor long-practiced traditions, and the joy that both work and rest bring to our individual lives and to the lives of our neighbors. The concept of a disciplined seven-day work and rest cycle is woven throughout the entire biblical narrative. To understand what practicing Sabbath, this seven-day work and rest cycle, might mean for us and how that disciplined rhythm can help us honor God, benefit ourselves, but also love our neighbor well, we need to review the highlights that provide in the entire biblical narrative. And we'll find that they provide four invitations to join God in his creative work and rest. So this idea of rest on the seventh day is present from the time of creation. Genesis chapter two, verses two through three say, and on the Sabbath day, or on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work he had done in creation. The picture here is of our creator delighted with his creative work and taking up residence in and with it. He rests, but he does not rest in solitude. We are invited to delight in our work and in God's community because we are made in his image and he invites us to do that with him and with each other. As the story of the Bible unfolds, God works through the descendants of Abraham, the nation of Israel, to accomplish his redemptive purposes in the world. And after the Lord delivers them from slavery in Egypt, they find themselves hungry in the wilderness. He uses the seventh day as a sign of his covenant with them. And he provides them food. They are hungry, and... He provides manna, if you know the story. Manna comes from heaven. Each morning, they go out and collect the manna. Just what they need for their family, and, and they are satisfied. And on the sixth day, they are instructed to collect a double portion. Now, you need to remember in the story, some people collected too much to begin with, and it's spoiled. This time, God says, collect Double what you need for you and your family because tomorrow there won't be any manna. You're going to rest instead. And Exodus 16, beginning in, chapter, in verse 27, it says, On the seventh day, some people went out to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said to Moses and the people, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. This is an invitation to God's people to trust him, to provide by resting. This command of rest on the seventh day is repeated when God gives the commandments to Moses. In Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. On the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns for six days. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and consecrated it. God invites his people to imitate his work and rest ethic by resting on the seventh day. Toward the end of Moses' life, and ministry to Israel, the commandment to keep Sabbath is repeated. This time, the invitation is a little bit different. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, 12 through 15, it says, Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty and outstretched arm, therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. God invites his people to pay rest forward by allowing those over whom we have authority to rest. Throughout the narrative that traces Israel's history from the occupation of the land God promised through the exile to Assyria and Babylon and their return to Jerusalem. The invitation to delight in in our work with God and his community, to trust God, to provide, to imitate his work and rest ethic and to pay forward rest to others remains a concept that Israel struggled with. The prophet. The prophetic writings are full of admonitions to return to obedience to God, and Sabbath keeping was of primary concern in that endeavor. And by the time Jesus arrives on the scene, for many, the Jewish Sabbath had become more about what you could or couldn't do or who was in and who was out. Jesus was always in trouble with the Jewish leaders about breaking their rules. But what he does on the Sabbath is not designed to be a rebellious protest against the Sabbath day itself or even the legalism that had surrounded it. It was a demonstration of God's kingdom breaking through. It was a time for a return to the reasons for which Sabbath keeping was invited to begin with, the invitation to delight in our work with God and his community, to trust him to provide, to imitate his work and rest ethic, and to pay rest forward to others. This weekly rhythm is intended to demonstrate God's healing and saving rulership over mankind. And we'll look at one example of many from Jesus' life in Mark chapter two, beginning in verse 23. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the sabbath so the son of man is lord even of the sabbath and then he demonstrates his lordship again he entered the synagogue and a man was there who had a withered hand they watched to see whether he would cure him on the sabbath so that they might accuse him and he said to the man who had the withered hand come forward then he said to them Is it lawful to do good or harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger and was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and the hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately, conspired with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. And we know what comes next. Jesus, our Savior, was crucified, buried, and on his resurrection day, the new creation that we have been talking about all morning began. Along with a new kind of community. And it's clear in the book of Acts that this new community of Jesus' followers, called the church, continued the practice of Sabbath. They went to the synagogues to worship and hear a word from the Lord. The apostles, wherever they traveled, went to the synagogue on the Sabbath to preach and be with God's people. The Hebrew writer affirms the invitation for us to practice Sabbath in chapter four, verses nine through 11, when he says, so then, a Sabbath rest remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labor as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. And theirs, of course, he's referring to our ancient Israelite ancestors. So that's a pretty quick walk through Sabbath from beginning of the narrative to the end. And we ask, so what? When viewed through the entirety of Scripture, Sabbath rest combines itself in remembering that God is the creator and the giver of rest. And because we trust him, we can imitate his work and rest ethic and pay rest forward to our neighbors and delight in our work with God and his community and as the global community of faith moves forward to the final and total redemption promised when Jesus returns. We celebrate on the Sabbath what God has done, what he is doing, and what we anticipate he will do in the future. But for many of us, this 7-day work rest rhythm may seem like an ancient tradition irrelevant to our contemporary lives and quite frankly not very practical. And yet we don't find ourselves, I don't find myself often finding rest that feels restful even on our days off from our jobs. We often find ourselves in one or of two places. Either we're so exhausted <laughs> that we'd feel like we cannot do anything and our rest becomes a place of selfish indulgence that's potentially damaging to our neighbors. Or we feel the need to simply busy ourselves with the work that didn't get done in our six days of work. The practice of Sabbath invites us to a disciplined seven-day rhythm that can help us break this cycle. Of self indulgence that could potentially cause harm to our neighbor, and of over or other working that can cause damage to us. Practicing biblical Sabbath leads us to a planned pattern for work and rest that invites us to delight in God and His people. The motivations for such a pattern are the same as they were for our Israelite ancestors. To delight, in our work with God and his community, to trust God to provide, to imitate his work and rest ethic, and to pay rest forward. So what might this look like in practical application? I have just a few suggestions. We are invited to delight in our work with God and his community because we were made in his image from the beginning of creation. And a practical way to do this, we have done today. Many use Sunday as a Sabbath day. As demonstrated here today, indeed, we do delight in our work and with God and his community. Perhaps for you, this delight happens in a smaller setting with your family or with a connections group or a Bible study group. But here's the question we, need, we, we have to ask ourselves, am I engaged in these community spaces only to get filled up and consume what has been prepared or am I here because these are the people I do life with? Our time together in community will become more like Sabbath and restful when we engage in reciprocal relationships in which we find and offer encouragement some of us might even be motivated to take what we experience here to other places do you know anyone who wishes that they could be here in this room with us and they are not what if we took our laptops with us and said hey let's watch this together let me pray with you I brought you communion let's share it We are also invited to trust God to provide by imitating his work and rest ethic. (laughs) A simple way to demonstrate this is simply to unplug. Consider turning your notifications off on your phone for a day, for the weekend. Maybe you turn your phone off altogether just for a day. Or choose not to check your email. Or prepare an email response that says, hey, today's the day that I Sabbath and rest and trust God and I delight in his community and I'd love it if you did it with me. I promise I'll get back to you tomorrow. To plan for one day each week in which you do not engage in work activities is challenging. But the idea here is to rest, truly rest from labor and effort and trust God to provide enough while we rest. He provided manna in the desert, enough on the sixth day for the seventh two, and it didn't even spoil. And as God's people, we are invited to pay rest forward. In order for our rest not to be oppressive to those with whom we share life and especially over those whom we have authority, we must allow them to rest too. Do your children have a day free from responsibility and chores? Do the subordinates at your job enjoy a day free from rest of responsibility to you? Do your students have a day on which they are free from assignments? Have you considered inviting these people to celebrate God's work through you and your relationship in worship? I hope that these few and small suggestions have sparked your imagination about ways you might begin practicing Sabbath in a more planned and intentional way. Those who suggested Sabbath fell to me to preach because I need a Sabbath were not wrong. I definitely needed to be reoriented with what Biblical Sabbath is and the blessings that it brings. And I recognize that this might feel a little overwhelming and for sure countercultural. It did for me as I prepared this message. But the very good news about our God is that He is not seeking perfection from us. What is valuable is our consistent effort not because God needs us to practice Sabbath, but because he knows that we need it. Rest that feels restful, according to scripture, is planned and intentional. It's patterned in ways that lead us and allow us to delight in our work with God and his community, to trust him to provide to imitate his work and rest ethic and to pay rest forward.